Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. When I arrived here, my car was telling me it was 38 degrees. We're now sitting in an air-conditioned Sport HQ. And quite honestly, I'm going to have to put my coat on if it carries on at this rate. (laughs) It's freezing! And Coney and I are the coldest two people in this country at the moment. England are at 303 for nine, which puts them 181 in front with one wicket left on the second day of the test. We said it'd be all over by tonight. Well, it's not all over. Um, They've stopped because of lightning, apparently, in in London. It's about the only lightning and thunder that's been there for the last two days. They've lost the last seven wickets, Tony, for 77 runs. And it's the night watchman that's top scoring with 92. Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Jack Leach. Just never heard of him. Exactly. <laughs> and he top scores with 92. I, I, I'm not budging for what I said last night. They're a disgrace. An absolute disgrace. Anyway, what we normally do on a Thursday night is we test Tony, so we're going to do that a little bit later. We're going to have a word with Gary Edgington about last week's cricket, because I'm still on one about that. And what's <laughs> coming up this week, weather permitting... And we're going to have a look at some of the quirkier headlines and the stories that we picked up during the week. And one of them, what I want to begin with, Tony, is that Wolverhampton Wanderers um, play their first European game for 39 years yeah. tonight when they take on the Irish side Crusaders in the Europa League qualifier. I always think of Wolves as when I was a kid with Derek Dugan and... Is it um, somebody, Richards, who was up front da- alongside... alongside David Richards. Uh, David, uh, you know, along, alongside him and the old wooden stand at Molyneux with, with the, the wolf on it. There was a 1950s feel about the place. There was a 1950s club. Now, me and you bicker on, don't we, for hours upon end about Forest and Leeds, but Wolves also went that way, the way that Forest and Leeds have gone. But Wolves do seem to have a good owner now that's yeah, putting yeah. some pride back but, into them. But going further back than that, weren't Wolves involved in a match against Honved, which was the first ever floodlit game? Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, they, yeah, they, they've got they a great have, history. They do have a proud history, don't they? And I'm, I'm pleased that... Because they are a famous old club, aren't they? Yeah. And, you know, and, and they seem to be back on the... Yeah. It's, on the it's, up again, um, don't Again, it's all about money. We appreciate that. But whoever owns them now, why on earth, if you're a foreigner, do you want to buy Wolverhampton Wanderers is beyond belief? <laughs> and that's no, that, that's no disrespect to, oh. to Wolverhampton. But but why? It, it's a strange area. My old advertiser mate, Billy Phillips, once said that he couldn't understand why three million people had a speech impediment. <laughs> 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 I think that kind of sums up that place. Um, when we're sitting outside before the show tonight um, sunbathing sunbathing um, 
in in the orange room, which is slightly less cold than than the studio. <laughs> it's um, lovely in there. I think it's great. You 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 told me a lovely story that involved Leeds United in Kenya, <clears throat> and it's the only you can. Uh, it's only you can do can can do this. So I'm just going to tear up the next couple of stories because I, I, I know when I'm walking around Newark and it matches, people come up to me and say, "Please don't let him tell these stories." Please keep him away mm. from the mic. But I did like this one. It is a beauty. I did like this one. It also gives me an opportunity to... Because <laughs> we haven't done this for a long time. Well... it's a to- I'm not ready for you yet. <laughs> it's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> in honour of the sunshine and the fact that I'm freezing, a Tony Smith story. Well, basically, my wife knows that uh, I don't like hot weather and long flights, so uh, she took us to Kenya. And um, we had two weeks, which were lovely, but on the very last day, we'd got from Nairobi down to Mombasa, and I was on the beach at Mombasa on the last day, and I met this local lad, about 18 years old, and he said, buy my jewellery, buy my jewellery. I went, sorry, mate, I've run out of money. Today I fly back to my village, and it's my last day, so I haven't got any money. And he said, uh, I, I said to him, well, w- but would you like a cigarette? And he said, oh, yeah, thanks very much. So we sat on this log dangling our feet in the Indian Ocean, smoking together. And I was thinking, this is crackers, because tomorrow night I'm going to be in the Broadway. But um, I said to him, where do you live then? And he said, oh, across the main road, which was a rutted track. He said, I live in a village with my uh, seven brothers in a mud hut. I said, a mud hut? And he got really offended. And so I said, the first thing that came into my, into my head, I said, no, what I meant was, what do you do when it rains? And he said, oh, we're dead lucky. We've got a bit of corrugated iron around the back. We just sling that across the top and that does the job. And he, he didn't speak in broad Yorkshire, but, uh, you know, basically uh, he, he spoke decent English. And the reason he was selling jewellery was because he was trying to save up enough money to go to university and further his education. But basically he says, but everybody in my village supports Manchester United, Arsenal or Chelsea and I've always supported Leeds United but you can't get a Leeds shirt in Kenya I said, hi mate, Leeds is my village I will send you a Leeds shirt and he said, really? and he looked really astounded and I said, yeah, of course mate, promise and he said, it's just that if you sent me something like that I would have something that nobody else had therefore I would be different therefore I would be king of my village I said, not a problem, mate. Give us your address. And he's called Hamisi Kiwaka, and his address is P.O. Box 309, Kenya. And so um, <clears throat> he said, just in case you forget, give us your email address. I said, you live in a mud hut? And he said, no, no, we've got a, a place in the centre of the village where you've got internet access. So uh, I gave him my uh, email address at the advertiser and uh, came home, uh, got a bright yellow away shirt, and went down to Grants and Greens and got Kiwaka number 10 on the back and posted it off to him and that was September and I didn't hear another thing and then just after Christmas I was going through my emails at the advertiser and uh, there was one said greetings so I thought what the hell and so um, I basically double clicked on it and it said Jambo Jambo Mr Tony Smith you really are an elephant I am now king and as I was telling you earlier Mick that was the best result in a lead shirt for about 40 years <laughs> you see, some of his stories are quite good, and I did quite enjoy that one, which is why I uh, was uh, happy to share it with you all. 
if it wasn't bad enough out there sweltering yeah the tony smith story as well uh newly crowned open champion shane larry the you know the, the lad that paints yep yeah um says his main goal now is securing a place in next year's Ryder cup team the 32 year old became the fifth irishman to lift the claret jug let's hope he sticks at it <laughs> after triumphing at port rush on sunday um the wind gives him 10 and five year exemptions to the european and pga tours respectively so uh even if it's not about the money that's not a bad um i just wonder whether he's sobered up yet <laughs> probably not i shouldn't shouldn't think mm. um obviously in the short term i'm going to enjoy this so probably he hasn't <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt about about that in the long term though you've got to back up your success and, and that actually is what he's got to do isn't it now but tangent for you if you go to ireland it was in berwick last time you, <laughs> wanted, you went on for a tangent but but as a tangent if you go to ireland as i did uh, a couple of years ago the cheapest pint is a pint of guinness and it costs four pounds and if you get half a guinness instead of a pint it's three pounds not two pounds for a half it's three pounds only in ireland moving on <laughs> a french inventor has failed in his attempt to cross the english channel on a jet-powered flyball <laughs> frankie zapparata good name lad a former jet ski champion had been hoping to cross from northern France to southern England in just 20 minutes. But the 40-year-old fell into the water halfway through as he tried to land on a boat to refuel. <laughs> he took off from near Calais on Thursday morning, this morning, and was heading for St Margaret's Bay in Dover. Mr Zapparata was not injured when he fell. It was a huge disappointment a member of his team told the French um, TV shortly after the flight. He must have just missed the platform by a few centimetres. We practised this manoeuvre dozens of times in heavy seas. Talking to sobering up. Honestly. <laughs> those magnificent men in their flying <laughs> machines. Oh, Dan, we've already talked about some ridiculous football matches this summer, haven't we? But Kuwait, 156 in FIFA's World Rankings, beat non-league Marlow in a friendly earlier this month, while Accrington Stanley... Um, took on Marseille, the nine times champions of, friend, of France. But we told you all that one. This is Averton um, Colliers. Averton Colliers, who, as Tony will tell you, is a non-league club based near Wigan. They play in the seventh tier, the Northern Premier League, um, and they've had a friendly against one of the top teams in Saudi Arabia, no less. Why? I have got no idea. But uh, not only did they beat Al Littahad, <laughs> which I'm sure is not how it's pronounced 2-0 in front of more than 700 fans which was double their average attendance this is the greatest bit um, this was um, last night uh, their goals coming from Matt Grimshaw and a trialist <laughs> <laughs> he's played for a few clubs that lad hasn't he? Oh, he's been around a bit hasn't he <laughs> a trialist <laughs> Michael Vaughan agrees with me that England were an absolute and total embarrassment by being bowled out for 85 before lunch on the first day of a test match um, with a 37-year-old fast bowler who was as fast as the England ladies opening bowler taking 5 for 13. Um, let's be honest, it's an embarrassment. You're at the home of cricket in a test against Ireland and you're all out for 85. There's no other words to describe it. England have now lost all 10 wickets in a single session four times since 2016. Since 2016, having previously not done it since 1938. 
So what's the factor in that circus cricket? Your turn. No, it's, it's just... Uh, Nine, 2016 yeah, circus yeah. cricket. But I can't understand how only the England cricket team can be so far apart in their polar moments. World champions one minute, winning over the hearts of the nation, and then the next time they take to a cricket field, <coughs> humbled. It's just ridiculous. The, the extremes are absolutely shocking. And uh, it's, it's, it's a real shame because they seem to have messed up a golden chance once again to win the hearts of n- cricket non- non-lovers so much. You know, it, 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 p- p- people could have been edged in the right direction. But then they go and blow it again and people are just going to be, a, you know, a laughing stock rather than a, 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 a wonderful achievement as, as was the World Cup final. Um, a steeply pitched 13,000 capacity home end will be the centrepiece of Everton's new £500 million football stadium. The 52,000 stadium um, at Bramley Moor Dock in Liverpool could be ready by 2023. Um, the pictures of it looks absolutely stunning. Mm, uh, that, really that £500 be... million pound for a middle-of-the-road <sighs> Premier League club. I, I, I can see, obviously, why they're doing it, but that would be tremendously sad, uh, because uh, Goodison was the first away ground I ever visited. Well, I'm sure that's in the mines. No, but it's just... It's, yeah, but it's falling down, Tony. But but the church in the corner and yeah, everything... Yeah, I know, I know, I know. wonderful place. There's no more traditionalist than me, but mm. how much longer will Goodison Park be fit oh, yeah, for I mean, purpose yeah, in the Premier yeah, League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair does, as I say, I, I, I can... F- totally appreciate the reason but the the old sentimentalist in me is that, 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 that that's a sad move for my football world you see you, you know i mean anything that involves change i don't like i mean i still have deltics and, and vulcans and yeah and things like that and yeah. all this modern plastic crap but um, i mean does the, 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 the things change for the better I, that's no I don't, don't think well i suppose some do i mean how could we cope now without mobile phones and the internet I coped very well when I was growing up. I still cope well without a mobile phone as well, you know. <laughs> mother and fa- mother and father would say, where have you been today? I says, I- I- I've been to Northgate train spotting all day. Where I'd been to Crewe or King's Cross or <laughs> York or somewhere else and nobody would ever know the difference. <laughs> but nowadays you can track them down to exactly where you are and... Uh, times are a-changing. While we are on the subject of nostalgia, today... I can't stand hot weather, first and foremost. You'll be all right in here, it's freezing. Can, can, can I just say, I can't stand hot weather. Never been but, so cold in summer. But what I loved today was every door and every window in the house was open, and stayed open, and it was just lovely. Just have a sort of constant breeze, and you weren't worried about sort of, you know, the fact your door was open and you might get burgled any minute. It was just glorious, and, and that's how it used to be 50 years ago. It did! I've got Ovis tune back on again in a yeah, minute, the way yeah. we're going. Okay, it's Thursday. It's quarter past seven, and that means it's time for this. Why does this always come as a surprise? Well, it shouldn't by now. I know. This is when we play what we love to call, or what I love to call, <laughs> Testone, because he's the professional journalist in this establishment. Um, so we should know all the sports punk about all the sports people, and a couple of non-sports people. I'm going to mention to him. What sports people like Amy Johnson and John Wayne? 
have the odd non-sports person <laughs> to test your general knowledge. Right, born on the 20th of July, 1919, Edmund Hillary. Um, scaled Everest for the first time in 1953, <laughs> and uh, with Sherpa Tensing by his side. And um, before I uh, did the first of my uh, London marathons, we did a training weekend with Chris Brasher and David Bedford, etc., in the hotel in uh, North Wales, where Sherpa Tensing and Sir Edmund Hillary trained for their ascent of Everest. See, you do know. This is why I like this so much, because I don't just get answers, I get proper answers. So, born on the 20th of July, 1938, Roger Hunt. Liverpool in England? Yeah. Um, it was kind of the... Uh, oh, hang on. <laughs> Where's the band gone? Are they working peacetime? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, okay. we'll just we'll yeah. carry on. Yeah, it's, it was. It was kind we of. Might uh, come back soon. <laughs> but basically, Roger Hunt was. Um, I, I think he was the forgotten man, wasn't he? Really, you know, it, 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 it seemed to be the poor man's Liverpool and England player because others got the headlines before him. But it was, uh, you know, one of the uh, dependable members of the of those particular sides. I'm just waiting for some music. You're all right. <laughs> the 21st of July, 1926. <laughs> Are we on again? It's pause now. <laughs> Bill Pertwee. Bill Pertwee. Um, Doctor Who? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who? Is that right? No. No. You're wrong. Right, that means I hold it over to Gary Edgington. Bill Pertwee. The, the, uh, no, no, I thought, right. I thought no, no we move on. on. Okay. Failure. <laughs> 1945, Barry Richards. Cricketer. Country? Uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, an excellent batsman. Uh, blonde hair guy. I, I don't know a great deal more than that. Stopped again. <laughs> Um, same day. Can you put another five p in? Same day, same <laughs> year. John Lowe. Oh, John Lowe. Actually, I thought this might mean you to lie. A superb bloke. There's a place in Chesterfield that I used to live called Pillsley, and I walked into the pub on my first night there. I was working for a, a magazine called uh, Chesterfield Business. Basically, I was doing the uh, layout for it. And I walked into the, the pub across the road from my little flat where I, I, was, I was staying for about a six-month period. And uh, <clears throat> it was just a typical Mansfield Ales pub. Marksman Lager, my first experience of Marksman Lager. Sawdust on the floor. And this guy walked up to the board, spit an image of John Lowe, and put his initials on the dartboard for his go. And it was JL. And uh, then it and you took him on. I, I, I went up and played him, and it was five oh one double start, and it turned out to be the real John Lowe, and I was still going for my double when he finished. <laughs> and I shook his hand and said, thank you very much. And we got chatting, and he gave me a set of his flights, which I've still got to this day. Lovely bloke. 1953, the 21st of July. Brian Tolbert. Ipswich and Arsenal. Uh, midfielder, Dynamo midfielder. Um, he went for about... He, I think he went for about £300,000 
from Ipswich to Arsenal, which was a heck of a lot of money in the in the, in the day that he went, in those days, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but it might have even been a sort of record, something touching a record signing at the time. Um, we've all got heroes, haven't we? Hmm. Um, this man was one of mine because when I was sort of watching cricket at. At, at Trent Bridge, he was sort of then. I'll give you the clue. We're not going to need any clues. You know exactly who it is. Born on the twenty-third of July, nineteen forty-nine, Clive Rice. Oh, wonderful man. Um, I went to the press conference at uh, Trent Bridge when he was named as the uh, coach, and obviously I saw him uh, alongside Richard Hadley for many years at Trent Bridge, watching him play cricket. But we went to the press conference and we were all sat there in the seats and and um, Clive Rice was, was sat there at the table and nobody dare ask the first question. So I asked it and he just looked at me and he got these piercing blue eyes and it terrified me when he looked at me. Can you imagine being in the dressing room and Clive Rice asking you to do something? You would bowl for him. You would bowl your back off. It was just an astonishing glare. And... Ironically, my first ever interview for the Newark Advertiser was Sir Richard Hadley at Caythorpe Cricket Club when he was going for his benefit. He was down there for a benefit match and he got exactly the same pair of eyes and the same stare. I didn't dare ask a bad question in that interview either. I mean, that Notts team with Hadley and Rice in it. Oh, God. You know, I mean, come on. Wonderful, wonderful oh, team. I'm sure, I'm sure that's, this is going to have Gary Edgington sort of... Yeah, it's, 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 it's a wonderful team, but there was a third member of, <coughs> of that team that was key and that was the groundsman who prepared the wickets just as they wanted <laughs> <laughs> I actually caught up on somebody put something on Facebook last night oh what's that all about that looks old and it was Eddie Hemmings hitting a four off the last yeah. ball against Essex and me and father yeah. was there yeah. we went with Albert Bocking would you believe you know the explosive Nin supremo 1984 80 something wasn't it yeah, um, and, and Hemmings hit the four yeah. Hemmings Eddie Hemmings yeah. would you believe and uh, when he hit that four I brought the light fitting at home <laughs> by jumping up and putting my fist straight through it oh that was a lovely day <laughs> yeah. you know when your dad's not with you anymore you think yeah yeah and that's one of the days don't you when you think yeah. that was a me and dad day yeah, yeah you know yeah. Mo most of them are football but that yeah, was yeah. you know a me and dad day my best me and dad day was at scarborough cricket club wonderful place watching only, only watching scarborough in the, in the yorkshire league game it wasn't sort of watching brian close or anything like that for yorkshire but it was a wonderful wonderful memory see, see when people say to me you know why is reese lewis not playing football hmm I can't have me and dad days anymore. Yeah. Reese can't have me and dad days anymore. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. But he can have days with his children, and those days are yeah. so, so yeah. important. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on because we're getting soppy. Yeah. Uh, 1953, um, the 23rd July again, Graham Gooch. Let's stick with cricket. Graham Gooch, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think he was the first ever England cricketer who uh, was uh, a fitness fanatic, wasn't he? I mean, obviously, the you know the the, the fantastic score of three hundred and thirty three is is his stuff of legend. But he was actually the first person that didn't sort of you know look at the racing results, have a fag, and clap his hands and go, right lads, off we go. You know, it, it was one of these um, fitness gurus, and uh, I think he fell out with a few people because of it uh, when he was captain. But um, it, it, it's, it's it's all the rage these days. I think it was a bit before his time in that respect. Um, we lost. 
the, the following three big names. Um, the first one we lost on the 24th of July, 1883. Matthew Webb. Um, swimmer. He, sw he crossed the channel just before he invented matches. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I think he was the first one to cross the channel, wasn't he? I think so, yeah. Do you know where he died? No. Niagara Falls. Really? He fell. But uh, no, no, no. But yeah, Niagara Falls. He tried to go over Niagara Falls, and I think he probably did, but it didn't work. What, in a barrel or something? Um, well, I, I, I'm not sure on that one, but uh, that's where he died, Niagara the Falls. barrel landed safely, but tragically the matches went off in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get shot. <laughs> um, 2010 on the 24th. Alex Higgins. Alex Higgins. Dynamite. It was, um, do you remember when he assaulted a match official and somebody said, Alex Higgins, probably the best butter in Ireland. Yeah, but, he, but basically it was uh, an, a, a remarkable character. There's a wonderful documentary about his life and, and ultimately his, uh, his horrific death from throat cancer. But a uh, remarkable man. And, and, and the, surely the most emotive ever. I mean... Mr. Lowry, your painter friend, he did it on Sunday, didn't he? But in, was it 1982, when Alex won the world title at the Crucible and his baby and, uh, you know, hugging his baby and crying and sort of... He took the boring out of snooker, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest. I mean, Steve Davis did his best to put it back in. <laughs> but also, I also interviewed Steve Davis at, uh, at the Crucible in 1984 just before the semi-final and he was hugely entertaining not a bit like he comes or did in those days came across on television he was hilarious right i've got one more mm. i'm gonna leave it to gary okay yeah. you you will know it and um, i know he will know it, but i want to know what he's got to say about it so um we're gonna try and find mr edgington and yeah. while we do that um you please are going to contact the the man in question um, and I'm going to tell you um, what's on next week's shows because um, apart from Monday night's weekend rap when we really do hope to talk about all the cricket that's going to get played this weekend but looking at the forecast we're probably not um, Tuesday night Damo Parkinson's in the studio he's um, due here with Luke Parsons and numbers one and two at Newark Town to tell us what they expect from a season where many people are thinking they could actually win the Central Midlands nor a North Division. Um, completely change the side, completely change the way they play football, so they're going to get a little bit of getting used to, but Damo is popping in on Tuesday night to talk all about Newark Town. Wednesday night, Andy Hines back. Our referee and butcher is in the studio, um... <laughs> and he's here for a specific reason on Wednesday night because there is numerous new laws coming into the football season this season that we've all got to get our heads around referees, supporters and players and uh, of course being a referee Mr Hind will know them all off by heart and be able to explain them to us and that's what he's going to do on Wednesday night with um, probably not a lot of help from Tony and myself <laughs> who think we know the laws and at the end of the day we probably don't um thursday night 7 30 time for a trip down to um 
that county that um, is next to the best county in the country. We're going to Devon, and we're going to talk to Gary Edgington. Gary, good evening. Good evening. I've got no jumper on in my office. We need one in here. I tell okay, as my sort of enlarged family up in Newcastle would tell you, it's fritzing, man. Right. Fritzing. Right, um, he failed miserably on Bill Pertwee. Can you help us out? Dad's army. Yes. Ah. He was the warden in Dad's army. You got the wrong Pertwee. Ah. Did he say Wurzel Gummies, then? Uh, he said Dad's army. No, oh. he, uh, he said Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor uh, John Pertwee. I don't know if they were related. They may have been cousins. They definitely weren't brothers. No, I think they were cousins, weren't they? Yeah, Co- he the warden. Tony's actually come as Wurzel Gummidge tonight. If we got a webcam in here, you would see, with his straw hat, Tony has come as Wurzel Gummidge. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> a sight for something. <laughs> we we mentioned in the birthdays, um, Clive Rice. What's, was you, what's your memories of Clive Rice? A great captain for not. A great leader. Not a bad player. It's a shame that Rice here at his prime... South Africa was still uh, in the ban, uh, the apartheid ban, uh, along with the likes of Barry Richards, Eddie Barlow, the Pollock brothers, uh, Vincent van der Bell, Mike Proctor. They would have given the West. They would have probably been the team that would have given West Indies probably the hardest challenge. But unfortunately, <laughs> they were. But no, Rice was a great leader for Knox, and he was probably one of the reasons why Hadley came. Um, and, uh, as I say, the backbone to a great, great, great side, and uh, and you're quite right mentioning uh, Mr. Orsop, the uh, the groundsman at the time at Tunbridge, produced some cracking wickets. Uh, I think he was an underrated bowler, Clive Rice. You know, he uh, he's a bit like a bit quicker than Gucci, uh, and a tremendous part. I only saw him play a couple of times. I didn't go to Knox much. Um, unfortunately, I wish I had done that, but. Uh, I was probably horse racing at the time. I was in the <laughs> horse racing. Well. We missed. I, I, I left the last of our um, birthdays and, and, and deaths because I want you to do this one. Died on the twenty second of July, nineteen ninety five. Harold Lawwood. Oh, Harold Lawwood. Well, arguably the most famous English fast bowler of all time. Um, Played his first lot of cricket uh, at Nunkergate, um, which is the home of Kirby Portland, who are still in the South Knox League. Uh, obviously very famous for the Bodyline series under the uh, captaincy of Douglas Jardine. Um, and, but as I say, worked down the pit and then came on Saturday to bowl his overs. Um, and obviously very, very famous, you know, probably the f- most famous Nottinghamshire bowler still to this day that's ever played test cricket uh, sorry for all broad fans but uh, you know, Larwood Larwood is up there with the well he's mentioned in the same breath as uh, Don Bradman I can recommend a book that was written by a former uh, Evening Post reporter uh, Duncan Hamilton about uh, Harold Larwood it's the finest sports book I've ever read well um What's it at Trambridge have a copy, do you think, Tony? I would think, uh, I would think Peter Wynne Thomas would have one in his library there, uh, without yeah, a doubt, because... Got it, nobody's got exactly, it, because it, it, is, it, it is the best book that I've ever read. Absolutely brilliant. 
He's also written a book about Newcastle United called The Footballer Who Could Fly. Fantastic, fantastic author. I've not even heard of the book, so... Mm. That's on my next trip to TV. OK. Whether the ECB invite me again, I don't know. <laughs> Depends if I'll Right, the ones of us that's been sort of glued to this... test match debacle that England... <laughs> in the... Question to both of you, then. OK. What has Jack Leach got in common with Sachin Tendulkar, Ricky Ponting and Brian Lara? They all play cricket. No. Well, yes, but no. Uh, Pontin. Pontin, Tendulkar, Lara, Leach. Um, if I've got this right. I've got under a clue. None They've of them. all scored a 50 on Test debut. None of them have scored a 100 at Lords. <laughs> in Test cricket. <laughs> well, you could include me in that list, then. <laughs> and me, mate. <laughs> I've never hit a six. <sighs> that, the night watchman's out for ninety-two, and the fight and the loser last seven wickets for seventy odd. I, I said earlier on, Gary, and now's the time for me to get on my horse on the two or three subjects. <laughs> um, I said earlier I'll on be off, that England's lost ten wickets in a session four times since two thousand and sixteen, and they hadn't lost one previous to that until nineteen thirty-eight. Wasn't two thousand and sixteen somewhere around the time that Mickey Mouse cricket started? No, no, it started well before then, man. <coughs> Alistair and, and that will be an interesting stat to come back with because, yeah, we all know England's middle order or top order is, sorry, it's top order that's fragile. Um, but you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. If the players aren't there, aren't good enough, with the greatest respect, and I'm pleased Roy's been bought in because he's the best of what we've got, but we haven't got an Alistair Cook. The guy that I thought would make the grade is Young Hammered. But I don't mm. know what uh, has gone wrong with his technique. Uh, but I am going to chuck you a name into the frame, and he's played for in the Notts Premier League for the last three years. He's a young man who I've spoke to for five years now, and I said one day he would make county cricket. That's been proved right. At the start of this season, I challenged him to hit a century. He's now at three. He played for Plumtree. He also played for the uh, Carrington Cavaliers. Hassan Azad. Now he's playing at Leicestershire, I think, and he was on the uh, Knots, you know, in the Premier League, the academy under Jono had a team in there, and Hassan played in that side. I think Knots are going to have another look at him because Knots are playing terrible at the minute, so they can't do worse than go and admit they were wrong, go and get Hassan back. And I tell you what, he could be, a, you know, the next one. Say, is it three centuries, and we're only halfway through the season? So he's doing something right. He's back with Jono, though, at Leicester. Right, um, OK, um... And while we're on the subject today... <laughs> you're keeping me off the subject of last weekend, aren't you? Yeah. I actually watched it the other night. Because Jono played in it. All right! Yeah, he, um... Foster yorked him. Yeah. Uh, and he was uh, second top scorer. Tim Robinson top scorer. I've got a card in front of me. 
Broad <laughs> 6, Pollard 2, Robinson 86, Jono 54, Randall 49, and then Eddie Emmons, 6 not out. Didn't look like he could get one uh, off the square. Uh, and uh, another South Knox player who's still playing in the league, Kevin Evans. Uh. Still playing for Calverton. So there you go. I even watched it the other night, so I thought I'd drag the card up because you were talking about it. <laughs> Kevin must be knocking on a bit now. Yeah, and his lad's a good player. Is he? Yeah, yeah, his lad's uh. a real... That is, I, when I umpired, I umpired Calverton once, Kev was batting at eight, uh, and his young lad was opening with... Oh, his name will come to me as soon as I put the phone down. Um, but yeah, his young lad, his son was opening the batting for Calverton once. Calverton do one of the best tees in the county. Ago. Right. My turn. Last Saturday, I was absolutely <laughs> disgusted with what I saw. I'm not expecting Gary to make any comments on this because he is a member of the organising committee. is on the management of the league. But the behaviour of a team that played at Bolton last weekend uh, with the intimidation of the umpires, and it's all right for Tony to say the, um, the umpires should have been stronger when you're banging on for your 70s and you've got 11 big strapping six foot men jumping up and down in front of you screaming for you to do something I, I'm sorry but you're going to cave in eventually Gary I love watching my local cricket on a Saturday afternoon but if it's going to come to that I won't bother anymore I think that was absolutely and totally out of order and then I hear from Collingham that the wonderful super duper fast bowler got took off, off for ten overs it wasn't a very good day for cricket last Saturday in my world, Gary. Right, I shall take off my South Knots <laughs> uh, cricket head. <laughs> right, these are my own personal opinions and nothing to do with any committee in Nottinghamshire what I serve on. Because, as I say, I don't want this to... You've got to understand, everyone listening to this show, and I hope these players listening to this show who are playing this weekend, those umpires are doing it for the love of the game, irrespective of what recompense they receive from a club, either it be for a game in A, B, and C where it's a panel umpire, or in Division N where it's young kids playing. The person standing at that end is somebody's father, somebody's wife, somebody's Grandson, uh, their grandson may be at that match right? now personally if my grandfather or father were umpiring and I was present there let's just say for instance Mick last week my dad, God bless him he's no longer with us but he was umpiring and I came up to be with you watching and I saw a player from Collingham or Boulderton castigate him I would immediately send Mim Davis an email resigning from the cricket committee as soon as I know that had gone, I'd then go and confront that bloke. And that's me talking as a human being. Those guys are doing it for the love of the game. So the next time you think you've got a bad decision, just think, he's made that decision to the best of his ability. You don't go up to him and apologise when you nick one to the keeper and the umpire doesn't give it out. You know, you've got to accept that umpires will make mistakes. But we have lost so many umpires over the years and you only have to upset an umpire once and he thinks I'm going to work here on Saturday or I'm going to take the kids on the boating rake you know in, in Trent University 
I can go and watch horse racing on telly and give lab books a fiver. You know what I mean? As, as I say, players have to accept responsibility, and more importantly, captains have to accept a lot more responsibility. When I served on the Derbyshire Committee, every single disciplinary that ever came towards us, two people were involved in that disciplinary at least. The player involved and his captain. And I know some captains who regularly had three, four, five visits to Derbyshire County Cricket League where we held our committee meetings to attend disciplinary issues. As I say, it gets my goat when players surround... And I've said this on the past, you call me poetry term gatekeeper, but I never ever took it that far where I would surround an umpire. Um, And as I say, I can't comment on the two individuals. A, I wasn't there, and B, I don't know if they've gone to discipline or a report has put in. I hope it has, because if umpires are going to let players do that, well, he let us do it last week. I don't think they can get away with it all the it's while. It's Well, I, I really do help hope that Alice Winderley could have to see him again there. Can I put my hat back on now? You can. <laughs> you can, and tell me about um, some of the highlights of last Saturday without me interrupting and groaning. By the way, you spoke very, very well for all umpires listening. Thanks very much for that, Gary. Okay, man. Right. Well, it wasn't a great week cricketing-wise, boys. Boulderton, A, lost by four runs. I mean, I was biting my nails here, and Mick, with you, was sending me messages on uh, Messenger all night, so uh, it must have been exciting to watch, even though they did lose. Collingham, 59-run defeat. Newark R&M won by 41 runs. Fondon, twos lost by seven wickets. Flinton lost their first match of the season against the new leaders, Young Lions, by 42 runs. Uh, Collingham, won, Collingham, twos won by 42 runs. Corton have no game. Uh, Josh Tranter let me know very early in the afternoon that the game was abandoned. So to put a smile on his face, I sent him a picture from Lewin Cornwall. Uh, I was outside a pub, so I thought I'd send him a picture just to make him a tad jealous. Newark R&M lost by eight wickets. Fondon twos lost by 108 runs. Collingham was abandoned. And Newark R&M threes lost by 47 runs. So... Two wins out of 11 games. Not the greatest. Let's hope this week we can bounce back. I think this week we might be sat in the pavilions watching it rain, mate. The the forecast is grim. It's looking lovely down here. (laughs) Looking lovely. Well, after surviving today, I don't think I'll be grumbling watching any rain. (laughs) Never mind. As I told you last week about the geography, the further, though... The further east you are this weekend, the worse that weather's looking. So, mm. um, if there is any games your neck of the woods, I think you'd be very lucky. Well, I, I, I think after today, after t- <coughs> after today, I've discovered I might be half Eskimo. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> you told me um, last week that we talked about the weather, and you said, you know, when I was going on about Bolton twos and their wonderful twenty-point cushion. Uh, they had the um, unfortunate privilege of playing at um, Ruddington, and the, after the rain, there wasn't playing at Ruddington any, anymore. Bolton was seventy for none after twelve, and Ruddington said, "That looks a bit wet." And actually, Eden agreed it was wet, but that ten, that twenty-point cushion in one week due to the weather is now down to ten points. Yeah, 
This week, this week, there are some interesting, uh, interesting matches. Teams have now, it's now time to put foot on gas and have a look at the conditions of whether you choose to bowl a bat. Um, always at the back end of the season, I always like to chase. I used to like to set in the first half of the season and chase in the second. But that was just me. I'm <laughs> very good at chasing, but there you go. I think, I think this week, if you win the toss, you play with the tide. Mm. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> you worry too much. <laughs> right, tell tell t- tell me without Mr. Smith's interruptions. What's <laughs> happening this weekend? Right, well, Collingham they uh, are back at back at Dalefield. They entertain third place Beaver, while the match of the day uh, goes on at Notch Unity Casuals, who are seventh. Uh, they're entertaining Boulderton, who have now just slipped back into the relegation zone. They've got a game in Andover Kimberley, uh, twos and two games in Andover Casuals. They win, they leave Progne, not Unity Casuals, and uh, it's just a home straight for them. So it's a massive, massive game. Uh, I would tell everyone just to travel a bit. You've only got to go just to the other side of the train to find not Unity's ground. Well, I think you're going to see a excellent game of cricket Fond and entertain East Bridgeford uh, looking at the fixture list Newark R&M haven't got a game this week Flintham are in second place but they entertain bottom of the table Bramcott while Collingham 2's travel all the way over to Kimberley and play on that slope if the Kimberley guys have never played on that slope before at Kimberley you're in for an education young man Thornton <laughs> are fifth in the table and they entertain Westbridge Fordian Le- sorry Westbridge for the Legion while Boulderton are still top of the league and they have got a must win 20 points no pressure against bottom of the table Kimberley Force Poplars who are bottom entertain Farndon Twos and a win for Farndon Twos will virtually end their relegation worries if they have any Collingham Threes uh, lie in 8th place they've got a tricky home game against Midland a new team to the league um, they're a bit like um, they either win very easily or lose very easily so it's obviously um, shift patterns are dictating uh, that side um, so they've had a couple of great wins and a couple of really disturbing losses and finally Newark r who lie in 4th place are away at Keyworth but as I said before, the match of the day, undoubtedly, not Unity Casuals for Boulderton. That is, um, that's a, a definite pressure one, isn't it? Yeah, but the... Uh, that's what you play the game for, isn't it? Yeah, Surely the, you the played the game for the pressure. The last three weeks, they can take <clears> an awful lot out, as I say. Uh, what I saw at Collingham, as I say, then what, I don't know what they were like in the field last week, mate. You watched the game, I didn't. Slightly noisier than it was the previous week. I think they listened to you. Oh. One day, one day, yeah, it's about time somebody did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, as I say, I, 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 I'm a betting man, and I'm going to put my neck on the block. They will survive. I, I really hope they do because they are, they are, they are built, building something there. You know, and, and any sportsman, Gary, and I'm going to go back on my eye horse to where I've been all week. <laughs> any sportsman, and I don't care if you're playing for Balderton um, or you're playing for Man United. It's how you react under the pressure, which makes you a great sportsman. Mm. And to be a, 
to be a good winner, you've got to learn how to lose gracefully. You have. Um, and sometimes you have to just walk away and say, today we was beaten by a better side. And I, I've never had a problem with that. I've had a big problem admitting there was a better side, but I've never <laughs> had a problem by <laughs> beaten by a better side. So where will you be on Saturday then? Um, the plan is to do... Um, Boulderton, no it's not, it's to do Collingham and Beaver at the start then nip off and do um, a local football match and then go on to the playing field um, to see Miss Tranter and co right, well, I, I That's the plan As soon as I'm back from sunny Cornwall, if that's where I'm going I keep your message on and I'll try and get uh, in touch with either someone from Casuals or someone from Boulderton. If any of the Boulderton lads are listening, uh, messaging me, message me on the Facebook, and I can update Tony with the scores so we can keep you in we'll the see list. what's going off. Brilliant. Gary, as ever, really appreciate your time. No worries. You both have a great weekend, and we'll speak next week. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers. 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 Bye. Bye. Really enjoyed having Gary join us from Devon to do all my work for me to tell me all of tell me tell you about the cricket um and we're going to do the same when the football season starts we if anybody can remember the old station that was in and around town we used to have a pitch side dave on a sunday morning well we've got a new pitch side dave we're a reincarnation of pitch side dave who's going to join us on a thursday night to talk us through all the local football who's that dave Pitchside Dave? Not the Pitchside Dave, but another Pitchside Dave. Yeah, wait till September. Yeah, breaking news. Is it Dave Hurstfield? No. I was going to say, because you can't do subtitles on the radio. Somebody, you have to have somebody who's not connected to a club. Ah, right. Right, Which is why it works with Gary. Ah. And it doesn't work with you. Which is why it works. (laughs) So you've got to have somebody that's not connected with a club. I went to watch Newark Town last night. They played... Highcombe Town. Highcombe Town are a newly formed club. They've gone into the Lincolnshire League. Now, I happen to think that if you're looking to get into Step 6 football, the Lincolnshire League, for any decent team, ought to be very close to being a free passage. Because it ain't that strong. Mm. And Lincoln Moreland's won it last year to canter. And it would seem that the secretary or somebody at the club forgot to put the forms in. So they're going to have to win it again this year to canter. But Highcombe Town seem to have a little bit of financial clout behind them. Um, they've certainly got one of three or four Collingham players from last season. They've got a very good choice in kit as well. It's a very nice kit, Very yes. nice kit. Um, and I understand there's one or two from Lincoln United. Anyway, they look to be building a decent team, and they come over to the Sports Village last night to play Newark Town. Newark Town started strangely very slowly and we'll have to find that one out from Damo unless they've been out on a bonding session the night before as well <laughs> gone um, to the dogs <laughs> they started slowly and was 2-0 down at half time but in the second half Newark looked to be a force they absolutely peppered it you know sometimes you see a goalkeeper that has one of those matches mm-hmm. well I can keeper who come on in the second half and didn't even look like a keeper had one of those matches Newark did put two past him one was a penalty one was right at the end but in between that they got a breakaway good entertaining game 120 people there which was a decent mm. a decent crowd um Newark are playing again on Saturday it's a rearranged game because it should have been games between two reserves it's Armthorpe Colliery Armthorpe Welfare um Welfare I think um but it's an half past one kickoff folks so 
don't go down there for the two o'clock uh, for the three o'clock job it's a one thirty kickoff at the sports vision i'm led to believe i'm for our step six so it's going to be a decent test it's going to be a good game and going to be well worth watching that once so that's half past one not three o'clock at the sports village tony's making a trip into deepest leicestershire because mm. um, it's flow says last pre-season friendly it is, because yeah. this time next week we're going to be looking forward to a visit of worcester city no less oh. to um to lowfields and all that's going to bring but they're going to corn of course corn played in the midlands league yeah. last season but you can't take anything by that really because the manager went the team broke up Quorn's new manager is Martin Carruthers, who was the one that got the push from base of three quarters of last season, and he's brought a whole new team into Quorn, mm. but a good team into Quorn. And I'm told their centre forward, who basically beat Clifton last week single handedly, has now got 15 goals in four matches or something. Okay. He is just on fire. Uh. Their centre forward, I forget his name, I have been told it, but I think, Tony, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> I, I, it should have been my last day of umpiring, uh, but um, I decided when I saw the fixtures coming out and I saw that we had two back-to-back home games to start the season, uh, I decided I should really start concentrating on football so I don't get uh, caught out in the cold. So myself and uh, Kevin Prestland are having a day out to Corn on Saturday and uh, looking forward to it very much. Um, I couldn't get to the Kimberley game on Tuesday, but I think that Newark Flow Serve really picked up the game in that one. And uh, as we said last night, delighted to see that Kingy got two goals. And uh, I'm looking forward to the match on Saturday, but I think it will be a proper football match rather than the pre season friendly. It's the last no, game. Well, it's got to be, hasn't it's it? Because last what, game before what, the series what, stuff starts. What's yeah. the city? Is, is the city? very what you'd call. Well, serious. Worcester City. It's just whoever thought, whoever dreamed that Newark would be playing. Anyway, next week. Don't start on that. I'll never shut you up. Um, (laughs) Next week, it's it's the Nottingham Outlaw Triathlon on Sunday, of which uh, our Stacey is going to be in it. She's due through Fondon on a bike at half past nine, and again at one o'clock. So we'll try and get out for that one, but. uh, she expects to do it in, what was it, about 14 hours or something? So no, but the, but the Knots Outlaw does take in grits, swathes of our neck of the woods, doesn't it? It does, so best of luck to Stacey and we'll find out mm. how she got on next week when we talk to her. Coming up next, um, already the uh, the coach has arrived, bringing Dean Anderson, his entourage. Um, so they're all going to get in here. You've been listening to Radio New at Sport, live from the National Igloo Centre <laughs> here at Sport Towers. See you next week. We are-